Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and this is the Nightline Podcast. Nightline is broadcast live on Dubai Eye 103.8 FM, Sunday to Wednesday, 8 p.m. till 10 p.m. You can listen live via streaming at www.dubaii1038.com. Nightline is produced by Alex Capper Murdoch, and this podcast is brought to you by the College of Communication and Media Sciences at Zayed University. Enjoy the podcast was Trent Sharp, and Trent Sharp is joining me on the line from Denver. Trent, great to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous, James. How are you? I'm doing very good. And, you know, as I was uh, really rushing into this quick introduction, because I just want to get going, I'm excited about about getting you on the line, is is Trent, for, for many years, and you can correct me on the number, and it's it's got to be over, I, I don't know, over 10 years that you were worked in the office of, Director of Office of Redesign and worked in that whole area in the Austin Independent School District? Uh, that's right. It was actually a combination. So I was... Um I taught digital filmmaking and um, literature in addition to, um, and then really was recruited out of that to come start um, from the ground up the Office of Redesign, which was really focused on uh, change management and thinking about what the next generation of schools are going to look like and how we might get there. So, and then and then you actually changed positions and now you're the principal of the the center for international studies and and the the name goes a lot longer than that where you're you're physically now practicing some of what you were were trying to do when in that office of redesign is that correct that's right and it's um that, that's really been a pleasure because for a lot of the reform work in austin um you do the legwork you do um, a lot of the building buy-in but once it comes down um time to actually implement um, somebody else was in charge at the campus level so um, that could also always go a lot of different directions so this has been really satisfying to get to um, both plan plan the work and and execute it well and, and I think in many in some ways in many ways Trent some of the issues that you're facing are some of the same issues that we're facing in how to sort of change or to to advance education but how to make it work on the ground level and there, there's no easy answers to that is there um not none that i found <laughs> if, you, if you all find any you let me know <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if there's no if there's no easy way, and it's something that we need to do, how how do you retool? How do you refocus in in a sense to advance for this change of things that are coming, and also keep everyone motivated and 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 happy to go in that direction? Well, it's, um, part of what we've been working really hard in, and over the past year really is um, because we are a new school where um, I guess a little background our our school is taking over the what is largely thought to be one of the um, most chronically underperforming schools in all of Colorado not that you want to have um, any challenges there yeah so there's um, I mean this is a school that uh, for decades has really been underserved um, has had a, a history of um, violence in both in the schools and the community, um, but also sits squarely in a really passionate working class community in Denver. So it's um, not had a lack of resource in terms of you know the the community's vision for what they want has always been really rich. It's just mm-hmm. um, getting the synergy underneath it and um, all of the 
all of the players involved has just been a challenge, and it really hasn't um, been in a healthy space in well over the past ten years at least. So that's been you know that's a that's a landscape with where we're operating. Um, some of the ways we um, we're approaching the work differently than than what I've seen around the country because my work in the office of redesign, I got to spend a lot of time in large urban districts around the around the United States. Um, but, and really the difference, I think, in our approach has been that a lot of the turnaround, um, what they call turnaround work, is so taking the lowest performing schools and um, trying to get them into a new space, is that um, that work very often is very narrowly focused on student outcomes on standardized metrics. Hmm. Um, so it's it's a very thin line um, and a very, what, what we really think of as trying to improve the left brain of the organization. Um, what we are doing that's different is we're trying to be really purposeful about engaging both the left and the right brain around the organization and involving our community and our stakeholders in the design processes. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, this Actually, this coming weekend, I'm taking my entire leadership team plus uh, a number of my faculty to Stanford University to work with the Hazard Platner School of Design mm. um, and to start really thinking about how a design thinking framework can be utilized to um, make our organization more resilient and more adaptive to change as we're moving forward rather than just setting out a very rigid roadmap and uh, devaluing stakeholders because they're not, um, you know, implementing with fidelity, is we want a system that can really be reflective and look at itself and make rapid iterations and change processes in a way that's more nimble and um, which is really not not at all what um, our schools are like. <laughs> um, they're not nimble organizations. So that's, that's one of the things we're really excited about is just thinking in a fundamentally different way about um, how how our, our teachers and our stakeholders are engaging in the design process of shaping our schools. You're, you're taking some of your key stakeholders to the D School, the Stanford D School, which is you know, a great place to go. How hard is it to get the the you know to get the team to buy into thinking in terms of design and being able to, as you put it, nimble and be able to change directions rather quickly? How hard is it to get people to buy into that? Well, um, for me thus far, it's actually been fairly simple um, because I've I've had the luxury of hiring <laughs> all of our own faculty <laughs> and staff. Okay, um, and so we've really we've really recruited um, a team that, in in all of their areas of former work, have been either change agents or visionaries or have had some success. Um, and implementing exciting programs where they've been. Um, so I've actually, and in our internal team, have found um, had very little resistance at all hmm. um, with getting the team to really mobilize around an idea of really what, I mean, it's really learner-centered, human-centered design um, and really putting people and our experiences at the center of how we build our organizations. Um, instead of our organization um, really being deterministic about what our individuals should be doing. So um, at that level, it's been, um, I've had very little 
resistance or feedback or pushback and have actually found a really healthy appetite for um, being as radical as humanly possible. Um, where that ends up, you know, running into some interesting conversations, obviously, is we are we are still a public school, um, yeah. <laughs> and we we do believe that change has to happen in traditional organizations as well. Um, and you know, the the current hegemony around um, school improvement doesn't necessarily align with what we're trying to do. So um, there is a significant amount of work that we'll be engaging in. Um, over the next you know year and really in our entire life cycle, um, with the larger organization, the Denver Public School that we work with, and really just educating people on how we how we're doing our work differently, because um, we really feel like school change and systems change are interchangeable. It can't we can't just engage in one. Um, there's really a moral imperative to continue to try to. Um, influence the conversation at a systems level as well. What, what do you think the the change in in your school will be for those students coming into the you know the, coming in at the at the beginning when they you know the, the ones who are going to leave in ten years time? How how do you think it's going to look different if you were to sort of crystal ball gaze a little bit, knowing what you're going to be doing and and talking about? all these change agents and, and the way you want to refashion the way you do education, what, what's that education going to be like for your students? Well, and I'll just pick two pretty concrete examples. Um, there's, we're, you know, at the, at the very high level, um, we take um, both an informational knowledge as well as transformational knowledge we we try to keep that in balance with our kids. So not only do they know what they need to know, but are they um, being fundamentally altered by it? So that's really high level um, of what we would expect for their experience to be different. But at a really concrete level, here's a couple of examples I would say is um, that, for example, when a system is not working for a student, um, let's say that they are not attending and they're not thriving, um, you know, physical health, mental health has been, um, is not in a place where they would want it to be. Um, generally, how most schools would operate is that the first um, reaction to that behavior would be for a, a group of adults to sit in a room and make a new plan and try it out. Um, what my students um, must expect and, and will expect is really that um, when these systems are broken and when either our intellectual health or social-emotional health um, is not being served, that they will be engaged in a process of um, seeking to understand the situation. So there's really some ethnography work that we'll be doing with them, of capturing their experience, of reflecting on their experience, and to take that kind of anthropological work to go in and work with the systems to redesign, really do some rapid prototyping and design some low-cost, fast, and easy solutions, um, try them in the field, and then um, reiterate them until we get to a system that's really serving kids. Um, so that would be, I think, it's going to be really, really different for kids to be that centrally involved um, in reshaping the systems that serve them. Um, Another one, just real quickly, is that you know our core academic programming is going to be 
you know, the right thing and a good fit for a, a significant percentage of our kids. But we're also anticipating that, you know, 30, 30 to 40 percent of our students are going to have some very different ideas about how they might be um, moving towards proficiency in a specific subject area, let's say. Um, and what we're really we're working hard on right now is developing a system to where when our core set of academic services is not a fit or we have a student who's inspired to take the information and make it live in a different way, um, that we have a system that's nimble enough to make sense of that to where a student can really self-direct and self-design a course of study um, that they're inspired by. So um, how that's played out in some of our sister schools is um, we have students who are earning credit for social science courses um, through their studies um, around Africa and Central and South America. Um, and so by going in and really doing embedded ethnography, um, they're learning um, what we what you know traditionally we might be teaching just in a more um, isolated classroom setting or simply in a community setting. Um, there's really a bigger lens for um, we'll keep our standards high, but we want to offer you know we we believe there's an infinite number of ways to get to a place where students are attaining their knowledge and becoming proficient. Um, and the skill sets and knowledge sets we need them to have. It sounds like an environment, that, the environment you're going to create, the environment you're in the process of creating and well, well on your way to doing it, sounds like something that every parent would want to have their child in that school. Well, I, I am a parent, and that's one of the things that I'm, <laughs> I have stayed really focused on is I'm, you know, I'm building, I'm wanting, A, wanting to build a school that I would have wanted to stay in because I, I dropped out of high school I'm a year early. Um just being completely disenfranchised. And secondly, I'm a father. I'm building a school that, you know, I would want for my own kids. So I, I hope that's right it, for our it, families as well. It, it sounds really exciting. If, if my listeners are, are at, want to find out more about what you're doing, is there an easy website for them to go and take a look at the school and, and what you do? Uh, yes, and we're, you know, we're in the middle, squarely in the middle of our launch. But if you would like to uh, track our progress, the easiest way... Um, from afar would be to check in at www.dcismontbello, and Montbello is M-O-T-M-O-N-T-B-E-L-L-O dot org dot O-R-G. So www.dcismontbello.org. I'll post that link up on our site as well, so people can can watch as this whole development's taking place. And you know, we're in the midst here of, of a lot of change happening, both in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, and and in the country itself. When we talk about education. And the, the more opportunity people have to take a look at what's being done in, in other environments and in, in other school systems, it, it really does become a great catalyst for change. And, and uh, you know, the, the whole idea as, as what you're doing, you know, taking your uh, core group of, of members of your school to, to Stanford to have an opportunity to go through the whole design process and, and see where, where that leads in your whole, your whole education refit. It, sound, it just sounds like a, a very different way of doing it, something that, is, that uh, could, ha- could pay off and, and will pay off huge dividends in the end. 
Well, we hope so, and I'd say to your listeners as well, um, as an international study school, we're constantly on the outlook for schools around the world who would like to be collaborators in this work um, to where we can share best practices and, you know, build out the other networks of like-minded schools and practitioners. So we're we're always in that market. So we'll, we'll try and, I've got, and we can I've be got, contacted through the website. Excellent. Well, I've got a couple of names that I will put on to you as well. So And, and it's always, always a great opportunity to, to connect back. And, and we, we have a really rich international environment here in, in the UAE. So this could be a, a very interesting collaboration. And, and let, let's see what happens. Trent, thank you very much for taking some time out of your morning, our evening, to, to share what you're doing at Montbello. It sounds, it sounds spectacular. I, I'm, I'm not even there. I'd, I'd love to be able to fly on the wall as you went to Stanford with the crew and, and just to hang out at your school. So who knows? Maybe I can make my way out there, out to Denver sometime, and, and just give it a look. Well, if you're ever out here, you, you let me know, and we'll uh, we'll get you in some classrooms with teachers and kids. <laughs> Sounds Have great. Uh, an amazing experience. So. Trent Sharp, thank you very much for joining us on Nightline. Fabulous. Thank you, James. Thank you. We were just joined by Trent Sharp. They're doing some great stuff on, on reimagining, in a sense, the way you teach, the way you put together a school, the way you have your interactions. If you want to track it, you want to take a look, www.dcismontbello.org. I'll post it up on the blog site. They're always looking for schools who want to engage in international dialogues with them as well. Great opportunities for education.